Welcome to Elevated Insights, the podcast that takes you on a journey of personal growth. Join us each week as we explore how to overcome challenges, embrace opportunities, and transform your life. I'm your host, Val Hunting, and each week I speak with Angie Tumlinson, the thought leader and CEO of Elevate You Institute. Angie Tumlinson is a master of the transformative process and brings a fresh perspective to the outdated coaching paradigm. We hope you enjoy this podcast and look forward to exploring many opportunities and ideas with you. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Elevated Insights. I am speaking with Angie Tumlinson, um, who is more than a coach. I can't even call you a coach because you're more than a coach to me. (laughs) But in essence, um, today's topic, we're talking about information versus transformation. And I think everyone can agree that in the world out there at the moment, we've never had so much information. It's there's just everywhere you look, there's content being created, information, truth, truths, faults, everything's out there. Um, The coaching business is no different. There's a lot of information out there, a lot of people that have programs and courses, but it doesn't always translate to the individual actually being transformed or actually, you know, learning from the content that's out there. So I wanted to talk to you today, Angie, about this topic, because I think it's very important because a lot of people I think are out there maybe not knowing what courses to take, or they're taking courses and wondering why things aren't changing for them. Um, so I just, I just wanted to talk about it, because I think it's really important, very timely. So yeah, well, first of all, thank you, Val. I'm very excited about being here and us starting this and, and being able to work on this together. You know, being a coach in the in, in the industry right now, you do see a lot of people that are struggling um, to find out what's right for them. And you also see coaches, mm-hmm. what should I coach about? What should I do? You know, our world is changing dramatically where yes. things are beginning to speed up very quickly. We're losing sort of the middle middle income earners, industries are shutting down and Mm -hmm. we're starting to see this gap that's happening. And so people do have a bit of knowledge in them that is worth sharing with the world because uh, they've cultivated this knowledge. They've cultivated some ways of doing things and they really want to help people. The Mm -hmm. first, first thing that I ask people when I start coaching them is what, what do you want to do? And the first thing people say, every single person says, I want to help people. It all starts out with this idea. I want to help people. I have this knowledge or I have this, I've been gifted with knowledge or I've been gifted with some understandings or I've been gifted with a a professionalism about something and I want to help other people with the concepts of the ideas that I have. Mm -hmm. I understand the suffering that I went through to get to the part that I'm at and I want to help people avoid the suffering. It really starts out as love. Can I just tell you? That's awesome. Yeah, It starts out as love. Every coach out there which if you're looking for a coach, you want to be able to recognize every single person that's out there that wants to share their information or their idea comes from a place of, I have suffered Mm. and I don't want you to suffer. Well, I I think there's a genuine um, interest in making a difference in the world, right? And I think, as you say, you know, with things changing so quickly, there's a lot of fear out there about, you know, 
Am I going to be employable because there's all this AI technology coming out? Um, and people realize that, um, and, and even just in the world of, you know, politics and morality and all those things, which we won't get into here, but, you know, how do we keep moving the human race forward to, you know, um, combined uh, empathy and compassion for other human beings. And this industry, um, you know, is, is rife with that goal to basically say, you know, we, we want to move forward as a, you know, collective consciousness of people that are aware and elevated and have been working on themselves. And, and we can get over these really old behaviors and habits of ours that have contributed to destruction. So I, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that that's the, 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 the changing of the world is absolutely the goal here. Yeah. And I think what's happening is in the idea of information, there's so much information out there. What the goal of the person is really to help somebody transform their life. Mm -hmm. but they go about it in a way that we've always received an yeah. upscale of of things, which is information. That's we right. went to school and we got information. Yeah. Um, I I really love. I heard I heard a coach at one time talk about the difference between personal development and professional development. Mm -hmm. And professional development is when you get a uh, a degree or you get a um, certificate or you get something that says I have taken this course on information. I have completed these modules and done yes, these exercises. I, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's kind of like um, my my children actually took a class when they were in the fifth grade. They had this amazing teacher that was an experiential learner. So she didn't give them information. She oh, wow. taught them through experiences. So they didn't have a math class. They had a store. And oh, they, wow. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> she, she taught them how to transform a thought into a physical idea. So we got, they got a spiritual idea or they got an idea. I shouldn't say spiritual, but they got an idea and then they were given materials and they were given a budget and then they had to perform a store, a profitable store. And so they, they learned to do math that way. So she didn't teach them the theory of math. She let them experience the math and then she could ask them questions about it afterwards. And you know what? I, I will tell you that that class was the most impactful class for wow. my children rather yeah. than um, you could ask them, you know, like what is the, per, per, uh, you could ask them specific questions about theology, uh, not theology, but um, uh, things about math. And they wouldn't really know the, they really wouldn't know the proper name of it, but mm -hmm. if you ask them, this is what I'm trying to solve, they would know how to solve it. They would know how to solve it. Yeah. And, which is obviously much more useful than, you know, um, I always, and I think I've probably told you this story before, geometry was one, and I always thought it was hilarious. It was like, prove that the sides of the triangle are equal with the theorems, you know. And I'm like, well, look at it. You can see <laughs> that they're equal. Like, why do I have to like know the theorem? And which I've never used in my adult life, by the way. Right. I never used right. um, any of those things, you know. I'm sure scientists and mathematicians do, you know, when we're doing complex things. But for everyday people, um, the information, I think, and the way that we're taught to learn 
um, does not prepare us for the real world or does not prepare us to be able to transform and change ourselves because we think it is, I have to absorb more information. And, you know, I myself have, have definitely been caught in this trap of like, oh, I don't know enough to do this. And so I just keep, I keep in that learning, um, you know, analysis, paralysis, learning, you know, and you never know enough at that point because you're not able to, um, you know, make a transformation or move forward in a way where you can apply those concepts, which is where the accelerated learning happens, as you know. And Right. Yeah. I I think the other thing too, like this is just this one idea of we went to school and we learned information or when we, we do professional development, if you want to want to call that school gave us information. Like I mm-hmm. learned how to count money. I learned how to, well, I learned how to count. I learned how to uh, well, do certain things. Well. I remember filling out uh, in our government class, remember our government mm-hmm. class, we learned to fill out taxes. Yes. We, learned to, we learned things about government. We learned the things about money, but we were never taught how to make money. Right. We were taught all kinds of things around it, which is important. That's information. We we have information in us, but the part of how am I going to do it was never really taught to us. Mm-hmm. And so, Uh, Then we get out of school and we have all this information. And this is where, you know, I went through the age and so so did you, where we thought we were smarter than our parents because we knew a couple of book (laughs) theories. You know, I remember coming back and telling my mother about psychology and (laughs) my mother (laughs) looking at me like, I've raised three children. You you have raised nothing. (laughs) I'm telling my mother about psychology. Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. But anyway, um, now that I've raised kids, I know absolutely absolutely nothing about raising children. <laughs> but, um, the, the interesting thing is, as we, we go through these periods of time, so let's just park the idea of, of information to the side for a moment, and let's build another concept on top of it. You know, we tend to look at things very um, linearly, you know, like we look at it from one perception, but there's many, many dimensions of thought that are happening all at the same time. So information is one of them. So we have a progressiveness within us and we see it in, in our development as a country or industry or whatever, but we went through what's called an industrial age. And this is where we learned mm-hmm. to work cooperatively together. And we, we, we got things almost through, um, Oh, what's it called when you're on the line to put things together? Um, the assembly line. Belt. Yeah, the assembly line, conveyor belt of ideas. And that that we went through an industrial period where we, we did that, where to get things out to the masses, we just needed all hands on deck. You know, things like, you know, to improve our life. Like, think about cars or think about clothing or think about, you know, bedding or think about toothpaste or any of this. We needed to get things out to the masses as we improved our health or improved our style of living. We just needed all hands on deck and we went through this period of time. And so in order for us to cooperatively work together, we had to have a base structure of things, which was we went to school and learned certain things. Yeah, and so it exactly. allowed us to understand language and development of language. And really, if you think about it, this is what's a little bit upsetting to people today, but the government really did a good thing for us to help us organize us to all go to school and all learn our ABCs and learn our numbers. We we all got on the industrial age way of learning. Then That's we right, get yeah. 
Yeah. Then we go through an age of an industrial age to an age of technology, which means just like what, what happened, we went, we've, we've gone through a technological age is that we take this information and we up level it to our own creativeness. And we say, here's some information. I'd love to see it this way in the world. And so we start developing this way, you know, um, Steve Jobs, just amazing, you know, um, Bill Gates, you know, some of these people who came in and said, you know, I feel like I can make the world a little bit better by developing these things. Well, and, and, and in that way as well, it changed our role in the industrial age because it was removing the necessity for us to be part of that assembly line, you know, products, the, the, I mean, we, let's not talk about horrible labor conditions because we know they exist, but, um, another, another pen, another pen somewhere else. Yeah. Another pen somewhere else. But in general, you know, the idea that, okay, well, we don't need 20 people on a factory line anymore to make a tube of toothpaste or whatever, like these things can be done. And so it's, it's natural then, as you say, to then um, for individuals to gravitate um, to using the technology to better their own lives, use it in the creation of, of, of things that they can think of. It's It's been really remarkable, particularly the last yeah. 20 years has just been oh, ridiculous. Yeah, it's been amazing. If in, you think about, you know, everybody on an assembly line putting toothpaste, you know, knobs on, and then somebody says, you know, what happens if we got a machine that just went... You know, and so really, this is the technological yeah. age where we up level some things up, and we the machine has to make the noise. It has to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, I can't even begin to tell you some of the noises that happen for me. But anyway, beside the point. But we move from this industrial age, and we go. We follow this pattern over and over again, over and over again. We start out in an industrial age in an idea in a time period, everything. These are patterns that are happening. It's how, dare I say, energy moves. Thought energy moves. Thought energy moves this way, where we go through an industrial period of time, and then we go into a technological period of time, and then we finally move into the age of service. And I feel like we are rapidly moving into the age of service. I couldn't agree more. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. And so we're we're trying to birth a new idea of serving one another. And it's it's in this time where we're taking information, we put it up into a technology of ourselves, and now we want to serve other people. So we're in this age of service. And what's happening is in the age of service, we're still in the habit of information. Yes. And this is, so a professional development is when you're in the age of information. And then you move into this age of service, which is, it's not about you. It's about the spiritual practice of the information. And we call that coaching. Yes. But what's happening is we're in the habit of giving information. So I see this over and over again with people with information is they want to share the information and people are tired of it. The internet has really broke the idea of information. So we saw a big shift, a big paradigm breaking of um, can kids learn from home? 
You know, we, for many, many years, people would say, you know, do we have to send our kids home? You know, we saw this in the workforce too. Some young person comes in with a new technology. Why do I have to go to work for eight hours when I can get the job done in four? I want to be paid for an eight hour job, but I only want to work four. I've up leveled the technology. And, and here's, we're seeing, we're seeing this attitude being built. And there was a time where kids are advancing more and more because they're, able to get information much quicker, mm-hmm. much faster than going to school and learning it out of a book. They're, or at the same pace as a class or right. you know, whatever. Yeah, right. exactly. exactly. The information is so readily available and practiced in so many ways. Kids are learning things in a much, much faster pace. And so there are kids that are bored out of their mind because of yes. the pace of school. Well, and I think um, there's there's a couple of things here. I want to I want to just to that point. I want to make a, a a friend of mine had a uh, one of her daughters was obsessed with gymnastics, absolutely obsessed. There were no gymnastic programs at her school, so she essentially before the age of four. This is all before she turned four. Just immersed herself in YouTube videos, um, you know, and was performing astonishing, you know, gymnastic feats at the age of five and six, because she had basically taught herself. And, you know, I think it speaks, it speaks wonders to the amount of information out there, which means you you can really, you can really learn about just about anything, you know, and I feel that, um, you know, where we also have a big fight going on at the moment, because there are structures and institutions, and even groups of people that want to maintain the go back to the office or, you know, go back to the classroom um, because there's a certain amount of um, a, a control there. You know, there's a certain, I think there's a lot of people out there who are terrified. Well, if people have, you know, all this extra time, like what are they going to do? And, um, you know, we in late stage capitalism, where are all of our slaves going? You know, so I think that, I think that this is a real battle that we have as we're trying to move into this new era we're we're constantly being dragged back by some of these old paradigms and you know the way that we make money i mean i i would like i would love it if the whole concept of money and how we have to earn it and think about it and um grow wealth you know that's got to change as well because the current system is only working for a very few you know in terms in in general thinking and and i think that is also moving very quickly, but that is also the exciting part of moving into the service age is, is I believe at some point, you know, all these traditional methods and ways that we told, you know, we had to buy a house and get a mortgage and then hopefully grow some stock market or put something in retirement. And then hopefully by age 60, you can have enough money to not have to work. You know, all that stuff has to fall away. Absolutely has to fall away with the coming of the service age in yeah. mind. We're really going through such a transformation. And it, it was interesting because before, before, well, as COVID was happening, I was, le- I, I understood what was happening. I could see the pattern and the mass pattern that was going to happen, especially when they said we would be shut down for two years. And I thought, oh my gosh, or years, what we first <laughs> yeah. thought. And I thought, yeah. this cannot be possible. And how fast we shut the world down in like a week. Yes. That was amazing to me. And let me just tell you, the more I understand order, and order is heaven's first law, this was a very, I'm not here to do a conspiracy theory theory No, no, no. (laughs) What I'm here to to say is is that there was an order to what happened, and, and, 
and it really worked to our advantage to yes. stop old things to start new yes. things. And, you know, even I remember, you know, them talking about places where the ocean started cleaning up or, you know, things started cleaning up because we there was no activity going on when we shut everything down. Like yeah. there was a switch that happened. Kids, you know, where they said kids can't go home and learn. They can't learn from home. It's too chaotic. They need to be in the classroom. And yet we did adjust ourselves where kids went to school really online for two years. So and there was so much more creative um, ideas and things coming out yeah, from people was. because yeah. they didn't have three hours in the car trying to get to the office and, you know, manage all of their other things. And they weren't so flipping exhausted by just trying to, you know, and I think that that's, that is the, the power of humans, um, the, the creative mind. And, you know, I think that's something that I really took away from COVID about like how extraordinary uh, there were so, so many extraordinary things that came out that um, in the spirit of creation and all of a sudden I have this time and I always wanted to do this and boom, you know, and imagine if the entire human race was supported in a way that allowed them to do that. Imagine the speed at which we could progress and move into like a, just a completely different way of being. It's very, very exciting. Well, and there's so many opportunities right now because we are learning to service people in a different way. And we've got to recognize we're in this age of service. And I think what happens right now for most of us is we're wanting to up-level ourself because we're trying to keep up with, not trying to keep up with, but we're, we're wanting to morph ourselves into something different. And so we go and ask somebody for some help. We go ask for some yes. support. And so we go in and we say, I, I understand that I need to level myself up. So we go and we hire a coach and then we have coaches are in the mindset of information because it's the habit. Yes, it's, exactly. it's the place that we've been. But and so people take these courses over and over again. And I've heard this so many times, you know, I've already taken this course and nothing's happened for me. Yeah. Nothing's Bingo. happened for me. And I don't want to take another course because nothing's happening. And because we're in the mindset of information, mm -hmm. information does not equal transformation. So we have a lot of prosperity teachers or a lot of, you know, manifestation teachers or a lot of, you know, um, you know, and what I, what people do is they come in and they study the, they study the material through themselves. Yes. And so there's no growth yes. because they're taking their old thoughts about themselves and studying this material yes. and there's no growth. And, and even I think a lot of coaches don't recognize this is that people have got to study themselves through the material. Yes. Level themselves up and we're doing yes. it backward yes. because we never learn to study ourselves. We learn to study the information. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and we I, sorry. Oh, well, and I think a lot of people don't know themselves like they think they know themselves, you know. Um definitely I've fallen into that category and through like still concepts that I'm learning through from you and about you know, how to transform. And I'm not going to go into that here because I do want to have like in the next episode, you know, because there's a very specific way in which you do it, but it's, it's not, I read this, I read this information or I meditate on this every day and then my life magically changes. It's a whole <laughs> other way of doing things, which I think, you know, would be very interesting to explore further in these future episodes. But, um, but I think what I, what I learned the most 
when I started studying with you is how little I knew myself. Right. I had no idea about myself. I thought I, I thought I did, you know, and that's really a huge uh, first step to be like, wow, I really do not know myself, you know? Right. And it's, and, you know, as, as you, as we begin to say this, you know, um, to know, know thyself or know, know who I am is one to understand we live in the past, we live in the present, and we can live in the future as well. We can live in all three places kind of at the same time because mm. we, we can live in an observation state where we can live, and this yes. is why you want to study yourself. You want to observe things in the past, which is showing your results. Your mm -hmm. results are shown in the past by what you see with your senses, what you can see, hear, smell, taste, and touch, experiences that you've had, you've had a feeling of it. And so our past is happening. Then we have this other great thing about us, remarkable thing, where we can observe things in the future, mm -hmm. in the quantum realm, things that haven't yes. happened yet, mm -hmm. but we can get a feeling of it and we can use what is called our higher mental faculties of observation, which is our ability to reason in the future ideas. Our Well, first of all, our imagination is key, learning yes. to develop imagination. So when you're learning information, guess what you're not engaging in? Your imagination. Your imagination. Yeah, exactly. You're just ready for the test. You're ready to spit out the information. So to develop these higher mental faculties, we had them as children. They mm -hmm. just kind of got lost as we went through an industrial and technological age. And so exactly. now, yeah, so now we're coming back to the age of service where now we're learning in the age of service, how do I engage again my imagination or reasoning? Am I reasoning towards the new idea or am I justifying the past? People don't know the difference between reason difference, no. and perception. And are we having a perception in new ideas? Are we having perceptions in old ideas? And so we're always for advancing. That's the thing. So yeah. information isn't enough. And now we're moving into the age of service. So to understand our observation powers of the past with our senses and our results and observation in the future with these higher mental faculties, it allows for us to go into a feeling of where we would like to be, yes. which is the transforming feeling so that you live it now. So in the this present, is this is yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. So you want to, you want to have the future feeling of you be the, um, the vibrational state that you're in, the feeling state that you're in. Feelings are nothing but vibration, but our vibrations are feelings. And uh, we use feelings to describe the state of thought that we are in. Mm -hmm. And when we have this mindset and we're thinking about it all day long and we're living in the feeling of it, then we'll be an energetic match. It is creating that future. Well, yeah. and I, I think, I think more than anything. So, so this is the critical piece, the missing piece, right? Because I feel a lot of the coaching and a lot of the is very much fixed on that future vision of yourself. It's all about the thought of what it is someday, what the future holds one day, but to actually integrate that into a physical force, it, being able to feel what that feels like, behave like what that person or that situation is, is the most challenging thing because I also feel like people are incredibly disconnected with their feelings. And this is, this is the work because, you know, so many times, like um, I've been asked like, well, how do you feel about that? You know? And 
And when I go inside to be like, what feeling do I have? Like, there's almost nothing there because my brain has been taught to just absorb information, make a judgment on it, on whether I think it's good, bad, right, wrong, whatever, whatever. It's just making a judgment on a piece of information and going, it's not connecting to an actual physical feeling that I have about an idea. Um, And we're out of the practice of doing that. Like we just, people don't know how to access their feelings. And I think it's, it's um, the more information you absorb, the worse it makes that uh, situation. It perpetuates it. Well, we've gained so much intellectual knowledge that we've lost our intelligence. Yes, bingo. <laughs> Thanks for saying it in like five words or less. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do practice this a lot. I know. <laughs> I'm still like, oh my God, it's so hard. <laughs> you, really can, you really can, especially when I'm coaching or working with people, you really feel the intellect so much. And you can, yeah, you really can feel there's no feeling about it. Yes. It's just an intellectual exercise. And it takes me a little bit a while to be able to help people connect back into the feeling of themselves. And And it's really frustrating because you think I'm smart. Why am I not getting this? Like, I don't understand why, why, you know, people who, you know, I think people that show up and are very in touch with their feelings make dramatic changes. It's got nothing to do with, you know, how many degrees you've had or, or thing. And I, I struggled with that for the longest time thinking, look, I'm a smart person. I should be able to get this, you know, and it's not about that at all, which is why it, it's so, you know, it's exciting because our old world very much was built on that. What degrees did you get? How much information did you learn before you went into the workforce? What other things did you do to increase your um, intellect and the information that you know? Right. It, it is really interesting because, um, well, we haven't told people this, but we've known each other since we were children. Oh my like, gosh. 11, 11 um, years old for me, 10, 11, something like that. Yeah. yeah. 10, 11. Yeah. Um, what's really interesting is we've known each other for a long time and we were kind of around each other till we were in high school as we were in high school. And then when you went off to college, we sort of lost touch with one another. And then we came back together in 2007, 18, 2017, 18, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. 2018. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> I remember when we had, we sort of found one another and we had dinner in Toronto and I'll never forget that. And I was a little bit nervous because I'd really shifted a lot of, who I am as a person and you had it as well. And we were both apprehensive to tell each other <laughs> we're not what we knew of each other when we grew up because yeah. we both grew up in such a religious uh, community, um, which I'm really grateful for, but it wasn't the lifestyle that I was leading now and you weren't leading that lifestyle either. And so we were a little bit worried about disappointing one another and we were finally yeah, like, like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I was like, Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. That really, uh, that was, that was, that was key for sure. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. But I think what was really good about that moment is that I did really recognize and really admire at the time. And I still do how much you had invested in yourself in trainings or understanding. And you were really, you are, you are very well, uh, very successful in what you do. And you're very admired for what you do. And the interesting thing to me is that to go to the place where you want to go 
was I want to go here. And these are the, even though I'm successful, I'm not fulfilled. Yes. I'm not fulfilled in the person that I want to be, Yes, but I'm doing all of this. And this is, this was the same for me. And I was really one of those fortunate people that got to work with Bob Proctor and, um, you know, to be able to understand my own potential was, it was more than information. It was about yeah. transformation. Exactly. You right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think what's happening is we're moving from uh, information to transformation is the, the age of service is serving someone else in their transformation, but we're still so set on giving people information. Yeah. And, and we can't do that. This is, well, you can do it. You can do it. You may not be successful in the field of coaching right now because you're wanting to give information and people get the information and they feel unfulfilled. And that doesn't feel good as a coach because you yeah. really want to help them with transformation. But if you don't know, I'm here for transformation, you'll keep you giving information. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, and I think that this is, this is basically the main theme of what we're going to explore um, in the, in the next few episodes of the podcast is um, you know, how does transformation occur as opposed to absorbing information? And I'm, yeah, I'm really, really excited to be doing this with you because I think it's Me too. Be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, over the next few, few less or few episodes, I guess is what you call, but over the next few episodes, just to be able to, explore you know what is information and transformation what is intelligence or intellect versus intelligence yes it's it's understanding you know what is thought energy what is how do i have transformation mm -hmm. what is you know one of the biggest questions i get a lot is how do i do that how do i do that exactly the how is is something that um that's the unfolding in life. That's the juicy bits. That's the wonderful yeah. thing. And that's terrifying to people. It is. It is. Terrifying. And how do I do it? How do I do it? And I think, and I think it's, um, it's like a, it's like a atrophied muscle, you know? I mean, again, like I feel like we had this ability as children just naturally, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, it's like any muscle that you haven't used for your entire life. Like, is it even there? You know? And it's like, um, you, as you know, I'm a, a certified yoga teacher. And one of the things is, is that, you know, when you start to bring physical awareness to someone's physical body, right, and you give them a cue, you know, and people are so out of touch with their bodies that, you know, like, if you say to them, you know, lift up your left big toe, and, you know, some people, even to get their brain to send that message can't do it. They don't have any idea because they, they don't even know their own body. They can't even feel into their own body. And so the, the physical practice of yoga is very much designed to give you that awareness of your own body. And so, so the mental muscle is exactly the same. And it's not like you can go to and take yoga for a month and all of a sudden, you know, you're absolutely 100% aware of your body. You know, you still have varying levels to where, you know, the really advanced practitioners can actually, you know, isolate organs and feel a particular organ in their body and send energy there. You know, like I can't, I can't, I think I did it one time with one instructor and it was so mind blowing, but could I replicate that every day? No, because it's a, it's, it's a constant practice that you have to, uh, 
um, you know, it's, it's, it's like the layer of the onion, layer after layer after layer. Mm-hmm. And you just get deeper and deeper into it. And so it's, it's, and I think that's the difference too. It's not just, I'm going to take this course from this coach and boom, my life is going to magically transform. Mm-hmm. It's in learning what does transformation mean? How do I start that process? And mm-hmm. along the way, you're going to keep having to uncover areas where you're like, I don't even know how to feel that or access that, or I don't even know what you're talking about. Like that's, as you say, that's the juicy bit, that's the journey, but it's all about the practice of it, the habit of it that is going to eventually propel you forward. Yeah. Yeah. It really is learning to not study the information. Like we come in and study it through, through ourselves. So we stay, we stay really fixed on where we're at and we just have learned information and that I see people do this over and over again. And you want to be able to take the information now and study yourself. And so yes. um, a, whenever I start a new program with people, I'll say, let this be the last time that you did something for information and let this be the first time you did it for transformation. I love that. And so that. Um, anyhow, we'll, We'll leave it there for today. We'll leave it there. I think that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, look, um, it's been so extraordinary to talk to you again. I love every time we get to, I learn something every time I talk to you. It's amazing. I love it. And I'm super excited about this series. I'm so happy to be doing this with you. And yeah, so stay tuned as we progress on the journey of Elevated Insights. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, just a pleasure to be doing this. And I'm really grateful for you and really grateful of what is going to happen. I just know good things are going to happen from this. So Great things. Love it. All right. See you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Elevated Insights. If you are interested in working with Angie Tumlinson, go to our website at angietumlinson.com. Here you can book a call join her free webinar, or find out more information about the services that Angie provides.